Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain, and it's great to have you with me on episode 127 of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming those everyday challenges we face in life. As always, don't forget to check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com for more resources, to catch up on the podcast, to get a copy of today's handwritten show notes, and to interact with me. would love to hear from you, and please consider sharing this podcast on your social media platforms and with your friends. Hey, I'm excited about today's topic. I'm always excited about our topics, <laughs> but I love today's topic, and I've titled today's podcast, The Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. No, I'm not talking about the uh, superheroes, the comic characters. I'm talking about, as I've reflected upon my 25 plus years of leadership, what are four of the greatest attributes, the most important attributes that I think a leader needs to have, and more than what they need to have it's fundamentally who the leader needs to be. So when I talk about our four attributes today, they're going to be be statements, not simply do statements. So today, let's talk about the fantastic four and our leadership. I have to say that I it was tough coming on down with the list of four because each one of these attributes is full of many attributes, if you will, M-I-N-I, many smaller attributes that are sometimes not less important. And it's difficult to na- nail down uh, so many qualities that are important if you're going to be a healthy, empowering uh, leader that other people want to follow joyfully follow you, sacrificially follow you. You know, leadership is not just about creating followers. Leadership is about making other people better. It's about helping people become what maybe they didn't even imagine as possible. It's helping people really elevate the quality of their lives emotionally in their purpose and their their sense of calling or their sense of meaning in their relationships, you help them be successful in whatever it is that their particular assignment or vocation is calling them to do. Being a leader is phenomenal. And I want to share with you what I have identified as what I believe in all of my years of experience to be, if not the most important, four attributes of of great leadership. But they're certainly going to be in the top 10. And so let me talk to you about attribute number one. It is to be humble. As I said just a minute or so ago, it's so important that when you hear me talk about these attributes, they're less about what you do, although you act these out, these influence the way you speak, the way we behave, the way we lead. But these are primarily be statements. It's about your attitude. It's about your very being. It's about your character. It's about your persona. It's about the essence of who we are as leaders. And attribute number one, which may be at the top of my list, is to be humble. Just recently, I 
received a, a, a white paper written by the Dale Carnegie Organization. You can probably find a, a copy of it at dalecarnegie.com. And the title of the white paper is Humble Leaders, What Defines Them and How They Unlock a High-Performance Culture. I was clearly interested in that uh, because humility is talked about so much in leadership because we need it so desperately in our leadership. And when I have thought about humility, I often think about the necessity to be grateful, to uh, award others for their contribution, be aware of others and how they're contributing to your success as a leadership, to the success of your ministry or your, 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 your organization or the team that you lead. Humility is about distributing praise to other people, and it's about having a security really in yourself and who you are, and you know what kind of leader that you are, and you're faithful to that, you are consistent to that, and you are healthy in that kind of leadership. Being humble is about sometimes what I attribute as a quiet confidence. You don't have to be the loudest person in the room because the security that you have in your identity, the security that you have in your competency, the security that you have in your uh, charisma and your character, you don't have to be loud. You don't mind being quiet. And as I was thinking about these ideas of humility and being humble, be a humble leader— it was so interesting to read then the Dale Carnegie paper because if you hear me rustling papers in the backgrounds because I'm looking at it, that, that the authors of this white paper, through their research, uh, came up generally with what is a, a humility and leadership. And just let me read to you part of what they write here. Our definition of a humble leader based on interviews, literature reviews, experience observing leaders' behaviors— and teaching leadership principles in the classroom is composed of three dimensions. Each encompasses a set of characteristics and behaviors. The dimensions defining our version of a humble leader includes one, being others focused, two, being self-aware, and three, creating a safe environment. I personally felt encouraged as I've read this about eight, nine-page little white paper on these three attributes because being self-aware is a lot about having your confidence and a security in your identity. Having a safe environment is about being others-focused and giving praise to others and, and, and having that kind of space where others are recognized. And it's not all about you, but it's really about elevating other people. And a safe environment is creating a place where others can flourish. And so I just was so encouraged by that because I think they're providing really succinct language and ideas to this broad yet deep topic of humility. Let me just highlight again from their white paper just some statistics that, through, that they had developed through some of their research. The percent reporting a strong team environment, when we're talking about humble leaders, 45% define a humble leader as someone who listens more than talks. They're others-focused, which means they listen more than they talk. 45% say, yep, that's what makes a strong team environment. Only 11% said it doesn't. Gives public recognition to subordinates. 43% say, yep, that kind of other-focused creates a strong team environment. Uh, when it talks about reporting a strong team commitment, 
55% say yes, giving public recognition to subordinates creates a strong commitment. And the percent that reports a strong relationship with their leader, 80%. 80% of those that they interviewed said, when our leader gives public recognition of the subordinates and their contribution, 80% said that they have a strong relationship with that. Now, that's just one piece of data here. They've got um, each of these categories, others focus, self-aware and safe environment broken down into four or five sub-qualities, and overwhelmingly, the humble leader, as they define it, has an unbelievable impact upon their culture and upon how they're leading. I could not encourage you enough, friends, to embrace humility, to read about the subject of humility, to study the subject of humility in the leaders of of those leaders that influence you. And I would encourage you just in this simple white paper, to go to DaleCarnegie.com and look at it and read for yourself about the power of humility and the statistical data that proves a humble leader is a healthy leader. I mentioned in Be a Humble Leader, the idea is being grateful. I think being grateful and and being humble are almost synonymous because when you're a humble leader, you know you didn't get where you are by yourself. You know that whatever success or accolades are coming your way, that you did not get there yourself. So my second attribute of a great leader in all of my years of being a leader is to be grateful. It's to be thankful. It's to be grateful. And it's not just to have an attitude of thankfulness or gratitude, but it is to communicate thank yous and thankfulness to those around you. Uh, This is particularly interesting to me because I was born on Thanksgiving Day. (laughs) I was born on Thanksgiving Day. It's Thanksgiving morning in my family uh, I have two older siblings. I'm the youngest of three, and and uh, they're there all at the Thanksgiving table, and family is over, and my mom is very, very pregnant with me, and and water breaks, and she's having a baby, and uh, she gets to the hospital and is in delivery and labor mode, and and gives birth to I'm a redheaded fella, and she gives birth to this little redheaded boy, and the doctor says, Mrs. Bain, you have a, a redheaded boy, and she goes, I know he's at home because my older brother has red hair, and the doctor says, No, you have a, another redheaded little boy, and uh, so I was born on Thanksgiving Day, and and in many ways I find thankfulness and an attitude of gratitude to be one of the greatest weapons that we can use against discouragement. I've shared on some of the podcasts before, and I'm looking at them now because I'm recording at my desk. I have papers taped to my desk of uh, miraculous things, encouraging things that have happened in the areas where I lead, and I tape them. And when I'm discouraged and things aren't happening well, these reminders on my desk solicit from me gratitude. I think being grateful is so important for a leader. Being grateful, it helps others enter into a meaningful relationship with you. Being grateful acknowledges that others have contributed to the success of the organization or to the success of your leadership. 
expressing gratitude and statements of thankfulness, thankful notes, thankful speeches, moments where you say thank you and, and all of that. It, it, it's an expression of humility. And, and, and here's what underlies being grateful. It's that you're being a good receiver. You know, to be thankful for something, you have to have received that something. And often people will come along and, and just they'll th- thank me for the message I gave or the decision I made or the, the note that I sent or the call that I made. And, and, and when they're expressing thankfulness and appreciation, I say, you're welcome and, and thank you for all that you do. To be thankful implies that you have to be a good receiver. And I know leaders sometimes are not good receivers because the nature sometimes of leadership is give, 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 serve, 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 you know, do things for the benefit of others. And that is at the fundamental core of what leadership is. But if we don't receive, then we begin to get to the fringes of burnout. Because burnout simply means you give more than what you have, and you do that all the time, and you burn out, you flame out, you run on empty. Being grateful is about being a good receiver, and it's about expressing generosity to others, for others, that builds relationships. It, it's how you enter into meaningful relationships, and it's just a very powerful expression of humility. So let's be grateful. The third attribute that I want to identify for us in the fantastic four, the four attributes that I think can give you incredible impact in your leadership. The third attribute is to be generous. It is to be generous. What do I mean by generosity? Certainly, if you are the leader of an organization with a financial structure, maybe you can be generous with raises or bonuses Maybe you can be generous with unique gift opportunities. But I often find while financial gifts and financial generosity is amazing and often uh, not just well-received but received with excitement by those who are getting the checks or the financial generosity, sometimes financial generosity is the easiest thing to do. And I'm not suggesting that it's not less meaningful I'm suggesting that sometimes financial generosity doesn't require any creativity. We just write another check. And people love that and they receive that. I certainly love that when that happens to me. But sometimes I also love when people are more thoughtful in their generosity. I don't want to and I don't want you to and I don't want to overlook how people are generous with opportunities. Many times Sometimes friends will call me with opportunities that they could have offered to someone else, and they offer it to me. That feels like generosity. People are generous with their praise, with their words of affirmation, their words of encouragement. I recognize that they don't have to take the time to think about those things, to intentionally say those things with sincerity and with devotion, but they do. And so people are generous with their praise and with their words. Sometimes people are generous with their time, their willingness to spend the currency that they will not get back. Time is an incredible expression of generosity. I'm recognizing that people can be generous with their heart, 
they invest their emotions. They feel with you. They feel for you. They sit with you in the place of exuberant celebration, and they celebrate with you. They also sit with you when you can't stop the tears from streaming down your face, and they feel with you. People are generous with their heart. Now, friends, I want to ask you as a leader, as an aspiring leader, knowing that some young people listen to this podcast, and I'm, I'm so glad that you do. Are you generous with opportunities? You could do it. You could do it well. It might even be financially beneficial to you. But are you willing to give that opportunity away to someone else that they might grow, that they might learn, that they might experience the financial benefit? Will you be generous with your praise, with your words, with your affirmation, with your kindness? Will you be generous with your time, that thing that you can't get back? Will you be generous with your heart? Be generous. It's such an important attribute for a healthy leader. Let me share with you attribute number four, and it is to be teachable. So we've talked about be humble, be grateful, be generous, and now, fourthly, be teachable. I love following teachable leaders because it reminds me that you never achieve the totality of competency and knowledge in life, in leadership, that there's always more to learn. And being teachable admits that. It admits there's more for me to learn. I don't have the corner market on everything there is to know. So what do we need to listen to? Who do we need to speak to? What do we need to learn? What do we need to read that can add to our knowledge warehouse, if you will, and we can learn more? And so being teachable is so important because as my leader grows and as you grow as a leader, then you create room for those behind you to grow. Mr. John Maxwell, a great veteran of leadership, might call this the law of the lid, that if you are a six on the leadership scale, then you'll never lead anyone more than a five. Because if they become a seven, they're now your leader. You're not their leader. You might organizationally be their leader, but they've developed an ability to lead beyond you. Being teachable allows you to move from a six to a seven, from a seven to an eight from a 7.5 to a 7.6. You put whatever quantifier you want on it, but the idea is that you need to be teachable. Seek it out. And as one great leader said, real learning, being teachable, real learning happens at the point of application. So don't just learn more facts. Let the learning change your heart, change your mind. Let the learning grow your character, grow your competency, and grow your charisma so you can grow other people around you. That's the power of leadership, growing other people around us, growing organizations, growing ministries, growing and developing people. So friends, the four great attributes of leadership, be humble. Check out the DaleCarnegie.com white paper on humble leaders. Be grateful. Exercise the power of thankfulness. Be generous. Lead with an open hand and an open heart. And be teachable. Don't just learn new things. Become what you learn. Hey, I love you, everybody. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Next week.